loss helps us define our lives. By allowing our grief to matter, we discover our own strengths and embrace our authentic selves. Welcome to Good Grief with your host, Cheryl Jones. Get ready to be inspired to create a deeper life to make your time on Earth much more meaningful. Now, here is Cheryl Jones. Hello, I'm your host, Cheryl Jones, and I want to welcome you to Good Grief, where we talk each week about the transformations that can come from loss. Today, I'm welcoming Gina Harris. Gina's a singer, songwriter, and actor who's performed in theaters and jazz clubs in New York, Los Angeles, and San Francisco. A protege of Columbia recording artist Lillian Lauren and a veteran of the Groundlings and Peggy Fury's Loft Studio, Gina had a leading role in Peter Ustinov's Broadway and national touring productions of Beethoven's Tenth. Her solo musical, The Magic of Ordinary Things, played to sold-out audiences in San Francisco as part of the Let's Reimagine Festival in 2019 and the March Marsh Rising series in early 2020. She then turned the show into an audio drama podcast, we'll hear a little bit of that today, created in the popular radio drama format. The podcast can be found at her website, GinaHarris.com, and uh, then you click on Explore the Podcast. Welcome, Gina. Hi, Cheryl. Nice to be here. Thank you. Oh, I'm happy to have you. I I love it when I have musicians because music is one of the ways that I heal myself. So, So many of us music is so healing, yeah. So so healing for sure, but let's let's start at the beginning here because uh, you were obviously an actor musician before, but this project really does refer to a loss. So let's start with the loss. Can you talk about uh, your parents and and how you came to even do this in the first place? Sure, it was a, a real surprise. It was not a plan. Um, I lost uh, six people who were closest to me in four years. So it was a lot at once. A lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah, it was really, it was, yeah, it was a lot to, to deal with. Um, the hardest were my mom and my dad and my, uh, you mentioned her and uh, my heart sang when you said her name, um, Lillian Lauren. She was my beloved singing teacher and she was really like a mother to me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I want to say that, I mean, although it was a lot of people in a short amount of time, the three being the hardest, my loss was ordinary. Most everyone who gets to a certain age, and unfortunately some people even before, um, people lose loved one or loved ones. They love, lose a parent. Um, at the end, um, I was uh, taking care of my parents, kind of like my children. People might relate to that. Um, I was a mom. When they died, I was a mom who lost her children, and my job died. Like like so many caregivers, I was free, which was a relief in, in some real ways. But now what, right? Right. Like well, also, I, was- I think sometimes, I don't know if this is true of you, but I, I've encountered many times that when it's an expected loss and people are declining and getting worse and worse, all that kind of thing, which when you're... Uh, labeling yourself a caregiver, nothing was sudden, right? Um, and... Sometimes people have the fantasy that that grief won't be as grievous, but I haven't found that to be true. Gosh, grief is grief. Doesn't matter. And my father was a lingering illness. My mother was 
so bereft. She couldn't live without my dad. So we thought, she thought she was going to live another five, ten years. She'd say, I have another five or ten years in me. And she was, she was gone in two and a half years. Mm-hmm. She just, the, her, the sadness, the loss of my father, she just couldn't. And then Lillian was, again, a more of a lingering. Um, so I had kind of a mix of that. And right. nothing was easy. Not one gosh darn thing was easy. Nothing was easy at all. Loss is loss. But you and know, so and I, I what kinda... what in what circumstance were you caregiving? Did you did you go and live with your parents? Did you visit? Because I like to to kind of broaden the way that people think of caregiving by sure. by sure. adding stories. What what was your story of caregiving? Okay, my story was my parents lived in Sacramento and I live in San Francisco. So it's about a couple hour drive. So I was there every week, every couple of weeks. I was on the phone every day. Um, my mother would accept no help in caregiving outside of me. So I was the call, and um, I was there a lot. Um, but I, I had a. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say this for your caregivers, okay? I don't know if this is gonna work. You'll tell me. But I would get there, and they were in the. Um, my father was declining. My mother was beside herself, and they were not. They were, they were in their own world, and they weren't. My mother was in denial, and they they weren't telling the doctors the truth uh. about how bad he was. And my father was a physician. And I don't know if this helps or not, Cheryl, but it, it he rallied, and and so it. I was seeing it that he was not getting um, the help he might have. And so I tried talking to doctors, and that whole caregiving thing is another topic. But I would show up every week or whatever it was, and I would stand on the doorstep and I would say, there's nothing I can really do. Because I couldn't change, I couldn't strong arm them. I couldn't say, Dad, go to the doctor. Dad, start well, because <laughs> I don't know if you'll agree with this, but I've thought a lot about it. We actually don't become our parents' parents. They're still our parents. And that's actually right. sometimes I, a complication. I, I that. Even if, uh, like a friend, <laughs> I'm not sure I could make you do something, right? It doesn't matter. About right. You're absolutely right. I agree with you. And so I had to make peace with the fact that my walking into the, because they saw no one. They saw no one hmm. except each other and sometimes a doctor when they did that. And so I was an event. So I had to make peace with my biggest, um, my biggest uh, accomplishment with my father was I got her to drink more water, mm. and I, I I I was there with my mother, which was in, that was non-trivial. But I mean, Not it's hard all, all the way around. Do you, Do you yeah. feel as if uh, one thing I notice with clients a lot is that they close off like that? Um, partly denial, sure, but I feel there's a lot of shame in it that our culture um, makes us ashamed of being near the end of life, you know, because oh, we're not absolutely. as... Oh, are you kidding? <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. which is which is just the time when you need to be loving yourself through it. Everything shuts down and, and people don't want to show that they're actually struggling. Was that part of it with your parents? Absolutely. Absolutely. We don't need that. But, I mean, thank goodness I was the daughter. I was staff, if that makes sense. My father was a doctor. He was used to having staff. And so I was a staff. I was staff there and helped my mother. 
Um, and um, it was, it, but to answer your original question, it was difficult. And after the death, their, my mother's passing, I, I, I was so lucky, Cheryl, I had a dream. It was three months after my mother died, and I was really in all the stages at once. I, I don't know about the whole stages. I had them all at once. Well, uh, no, I have a story about stages. It's not a thing for Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just uh, anyway. Whatever, or anybody, right? or so, anybody else. It doesn't feel right? like that, does I'm it? I'm so with you on that. <laughs> and yeah. And so, but I had a dream, and in the dream, my mom came to me. It was, it was like nothing had ever happened. We had a beautiful, simple tea in the afternoon, and in that dream, she gave me permission to think things were okay, and to write music. And now I want to say again that I'm not special particularly. I'm not interesting necessarily than any, more interesting, interesting than anyone else. But I wrote songs for my, um, my, my parents, my loved ones, um, songs that meant something to me and not necessarily I didn't think to anyone else, but I was a jazz singer. I don't, can I tell you this a little bit here in mind? Absolutely. Yeah. And, so, yeah, and so, probably pretty soon we should play some of that music too so people oh, okay. get a sense. But should we do that? And then, or do you want well, yeah, to say, say something first and then we'll go on to that? The yeah. First song, the first song that I, um, I, uh, I created. So why don't we do that? Okay, let's go to the clip then. Sure. I had a wonderful childhood with my parents, but when they died, it seemed everything was gone. Where did I belong? To find myself, I went back into my dreams and memories, into the past that made me who I am. For you can be older and I can be younger. We're close, what comfort that brings. I remember you gave me sweet milk and tea. You know, that that uh, illuminates what you were just saying about not being necessarily more special than other people. But this is the thing about grief. We have to care about our own, don't we? Absolutely. I think cherish it, you know, really. And so that actually was the song, first song I wrote, which is called The Magic of Ordinary Things, which is, as you said, is the name of my show and my podcast. And it's true, it's the magic in ordinary things. And I, as you can tell, it's, it's not a super hip, jazzy tune. And I was singing in jazz clubs. I was singing in all these jazz clubs in San Francisco and, and beyond. And I, you know, I just wanted to sing these songs. Cheryl, I wanted to, because when, like, I, even just hearing that clip, my mother's with me. My, my, my family is alive to me in those moments, and I'm abundant. I feel filled with life. And so, you know, the jazz clubs are super uh, noisy. You have the cappuccino machine, voot, 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 and you have the mojito. <laughs> used to be, anyway. <laughs> having a party yeah. on a Saturday night, and I show up with the magic of ordinary things. Like, what? But I have to say that when I started singing them, people stopped, machines stopped, and the crowd listened. And I think it's because there's something elemental 
I think it's just got to be speak more broadly. As I think you you say all the time in in, in your work when you're interviewing with people that I've the interviews I've listened to, it's just universal, and it touched me, so it touched them. I also think. Um, I I think in general we maybe are a, a culture hungry for honest expressions of loss. Yeah. And it's becoming a little more acceptable, I guess, to to honestly express the the experience of loss. <laughs> After the last couple of years, you know, no mm-hmm. one's immune, really. We've all lost a lot, right? Whether Not someone real, close sure. to us died or didn't, right? So maybe that's shifting a bit. And and I think, you know, for instance, when I started this show almost eight, eight years ago now, seven and a half years ago, there were a lot of people listening right away. And I did not have any kind of online presence. No, nobody knew who I was at all. It was the subject. It wasn't me. And I think that's the hunger we're talking about, right? To, to well, be... Well, this you have to remember, this... Uh, goes back to um, this goes back n- nine years, so this was way before pandemic. So I think I'm saying right. the same thing you are. Right, that there's there's just it's it's an it's an evolutionary, and of course I've also um, participated in Reimagine. We're both in the San Francisco Bay Area. It's sure. a festival. Well, now it's sort of ongoing. It used to be a festival. Now it seems more ongoing, but. Yeah. Uh, people really finding value in looking at the end of life, whether that's about grief or uh, sure. people should look up the festival because a lot of it is online at this point. It's uh, pretty much which, all online now is right. org. I think will take you there and they're terrific people. Absolutely. Uh, really want yeah. to change the taboo of death and all that. But as you said, I was part of their 2019 festival and, here we were, fabulous. You know, I, I, my, the songs were just songs, and then they tap. They literally, and I, I say this because people think, oh, she's a mute, she's a songwriter. She sits there in the muse, taps her on the shoulder, and things are magical, and it just falls into place. Right? No, I was walking home from a <laughs> jazz uh, gig in New York, and I had just sung a song, a song that I think is going to be in the next clip called "I Took a Train," and it's about going home and trying to find home again, and because I felt empty inside. And um, they, they literally, the songs tapped me on the shoulder and said, oh, by the way, we're a show. I said, a, a, a what? Those moments are incredible, aren't they? Right? And, you know, and I'm, I'm always trying to encourage my clients in particular, because that's the place where uh, I, I am an advisor. I don't like to offer when I'm not asked. <laughs> Right. But yeah, well. I'm, I'm always trying to encourage creative expression because yeah. that really helps whatever it is for you. And I've and of course, uh, I've interviewed people that have done all kinds of different things, you know, in their in their grief. Um, but well, and you don't I have th- to be special and interesting. And oh, I'm, I'm not chosen. I'm not I mean, I just was a, a, a woman who lost her, her people who she loved. It's not. Did you ever write music before that? You know, I know you. 
to be honest with you, Cheryl, I would love to tell you I did, and I wrote some, I would, you know, write, take a, a vocalese and put words to it because I was a jazz singer, or I would do that, but real songs, no, absolutely not. Well, I, I actually think that's, that's more important to say. Because I've known so many people who find, I mean, uh, out of my grief, I wrote a novel. I never, I wasn't one of those people who thought I was going to write a novel. Right. <laughs> Ever. Yeah, you I know, know I, I was like, my yeah, maybe, a non, yeah. maybe nonfiction, but that's not what, what happened, right? So right. I think that's important to put out there that you don't have to have somehow excelled at an art to nope. use creative expression I mean, I was musical. Let's not. Oh yeah, you had you had the tools. It wasn't like I was studying and prepared and oh, I knew how to express my thoughts through songs. Absolutely not. My mother came to a dream. I woke up and I went, oh my god, that's it was. And I talked actually with my therapist, who's very important to me, um, and and we were talking about it. And he said, well, because I was trying to understand the dream, because I just knew it was a beautiful dream. And he said, well, it sounds like she was bringing you. Some and one point, my mother. I said to my mother in the dream, um, "How how can I how can we be here again? It means so much to me." And she she pulled like a, a some that flash paper, you know, that that bursts into flames. And magicians use it's um, just something flames from their fingertips. She did that, and he said, "Sounds like she's doing magic." And it was just a normal day. And I went, "Oh my god! Oh my god! The magic of ordinary things!" And everything started from there. Yeah, I don't know if you I don't know if you've encountered Joshua Black. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. He he has a podcast. I've had him on um uh, I think twice actually and he has a podcast mm-hmm. called Grief Dreams. Mm-hmm. And That's uh you, you're right up his alley. You're right up yeah. his alley. He's he's got a PhD and that's what he wrote his PhD on, Grief Dreams. Um, oh, so cool. that's that's amazing. It's time for our first break. Let's come back and talk more after it. Sure. Listeners, you'll find links to my website and social media at the Good Grief page at Voice America. Like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, LinkedIn. I'm now doing a lot more Instagram lately. And to find Gina Harris, go to Gina Harris, G-I-N-A-H-A-R-R-I-S dot com. Be back soon. Be sure to like the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel on Facebook. You'll find great health tips from the experts. Find out more about your favorite shows and talk back to our team. Search Voice America Health or click the like button under the player today. This is Good Grief host Cheryl Jones. Whether you're in grief, crisis, deep loss, or transition, working with the right therapist can move you forward like nothing else. That's why I'm happy to be sponsoring BetterHelp. Their user-friendly platform connects you with a therapist uniquely suited to support you. If you want to know more, follow the link on my host page or go to betterhelp.com slash goodgrief. That's betterhelp.com slash goodgrief and receive a 10% discount for the first month. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. 
Resiliency is the human capacity to lean into individual and collective strengths with compassion and grit when faced with the challenges of lived experience. Join host Elaine miller Karras for Resiliency Within, a program of hope and healing designed to inspire you to integrate wellness into your life, your family, and your community. In challenging times, you'll want to tune in every week. Resiliency Within can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back. I'm your host, Cheryl Jones, and I've been talking with Gina Harris, the, the uh, creator of the music that turned into... The magic of ordinary things, and oh, I before love it when the you say the title, I'm just saying. I love <laughs> when you say the title, well, it's a great title because <laughs> you know most grief. There's an ordinariness to grief, but we are not raised in a way to think it's ordinary. We're right. we're raised in a way to think it's, um, I guess. Uh, I guess I'd say tragic, and there are tragic losses, but I don't think it's the loss necessarily. Like some are expected, <laughs> you know. For instance, my wife; she was sick for ten years. She was supposed to live yeah. six months. It was very oh, ordinary that she died, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was well, it was, it was extraordinary how long it took, <laughs> but right. but the death itself was just her body was diseased and she died. Well, well, Pretty yeah, simple. And, and I think that there's something after, after the loss that is, is people don't really, they really shy, like, guess get on with life. You know, let's get on with it, right? Yes. Uh, you're, you're, you've done grieving now, aren't you? And this is the stages of grief, you're over it. After and about, I, like, I have... what would you say, a week? When, yeah. did, when did people start thinking you ought to be over it? At the uh, memorial? At the memorial. <laughs> Oh, good. I mean, Done with that know, now. <laughs> oh, but she. Oh, but she was. Oh, she's in a better place. She's with your dad. You can do your. You can do whatever now. You don't have to come. Yeah. So it was ridiculous. But um. But what I want to say something else that 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 really I I I think that might it might speak to other um, people who've lost whether they're caregivers or not. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Um, especially for all the daughters out there or the children anyway. I really I went through a time and besides you know, fighting with getting on to it, getting on with it or whatever it is, of just thinking I, I, I would run in my head all the things I didn't do. Yes. The time I went back to Sacramento, but really it was the night her, her sister died. Should I have turned around? Should I have known? Could I have felt it coming? How mm-hmm. terrible a daughter was I? Mm. I mean, all of that, all of that. And with Lillian, yeah. my beloved, sorry. I was just, uh, I've talked many times about, you know, the way in which we'd rather think we did something wrong that we can prevent next time than to accept that we're not in control. Oh, I know, Cheryl, those are magic words, right? And so I just went through a very dark period um, 
Um, and uh, and then I, I was it was like I was writing the songs, and 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 when I was writing the songs, they were they were kind of with me. And then I wrote two songs each, and then what? And that's when um, the next clip is is about my going, my punishing myself. Because that's got to be given some space, too. It's not all magic. No kidding. It's so, so common. Not quite universal, but the people I know who didn't go that. I mean, one way or the other, uh, darkness Let's talk about that after the clip. (laughs) Is there any way to not um, hate yourself after someone dies? We'll talk about that after the clip, okay? Yes. On my last day in the house, my house, I wandered through, trying to remember things, trying to memorize everything, but I couldn't find home here anymore. It was like I was never there. I took a train home last night. To remember who I am I took a train home last night To feel like myself again The truth is, I was alone And then, the part of my brain that wishes me harm The part of my brain that is not my friend took over And she kept at me And I began to think, was I a good daughter? Did I do enough? Oh God, I don't know! I need a moment. That so captures that that state, doesn't it? (laughs) It really does. You know, (sighs) the reason I say almost universal is that um, for myself, just speaking for myself, I spent 10 years, more or less, uh, preparing for a death actively because because she was supposed to die she was supposed to die she was supposed to die for for almost a decade and somewhere along the line i did just learn to not um not be hard on myself and not just in terms of her and her illness but all the way around and it's a long story how that happened but when she died i didn't do that I didn't do that. So it is possible, but it is possible, but it was a lot of work and it was very painful earlier. For me, I, I didn't listen to the small voice in my head that said, before I went on this three week trip, I didn't care about, do you think your father can last for three weeks? And he died five days later. I was unreachable and wherever. And so I wasn't there at my father's deathbed, and I, I, I know that mom and dad were so close. I'm, I'm glad that they had each other, but I, I could have helped her. It's not like, oh, I wanted to hold my father's hand and look into his eyes and say, Daddy, I love you, which, guess what, by the way, I made sure I did with my mother, which my therapist said maybe that was your father's last gift to your mother to make sure you were there, which I thought was a beautiful way to look at it. But I wasn't there for her, and then, then I spun out. Then it's this part of my brain that is just not my friend, and I'm so glad it didn't happen to you. I'm so glad that you, 
I, I, I want to well. say, I want to uh, say it did happen to me, but it happened to me years earlier. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. so then you use your just, time it, well. I hope that's true. And I'm just putting a word in that the things that we grapple with and confront, mm-hmm. we can make progress with, right? Well, yeah, and so absolutely, <laughs> because I started out this whole thing lost, alone, no no center, no nothing, and the songs over, and it took me, you know, nine years or so to write them, and, and, and then finally perform them, and then, you know, then I, by the way, a show that took me nine years, another another note for people who are creating, a show that took me nine years to work on and create and figure it out and whatever and put together in a show had four sold-out performances, and then the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. And theaters have been more or less dark since, more or less. In the Bay so Area, what, for sure. Well, absolutely, right? I mean, I got into the United Solo Festival in New York twice, but I, ha- I, I, can't, I couldn't go. My doctor didn't want me to go for various reasons, so I couldn't even go to New York where they kind of had an opening in 2021 for a little bit there. I think they're open again now. But I just want to say that for the creative people out there listening, don't give up. Because my songs told me that they were a show. I said, what? Then my, my, my show told me it was a podcast. I said, what? And it said, well, you didn't know how to write a show, so let's just do a podcast, which is uh, like the old-time radio dramas, which is why I say that in the bio. It's very filled with all sorts. It, it was more soundscape heavy, right, more of the – because you got to fill in – at one point in the show, I put myself on trial as a daughter, and I'm the prosecutor, and I'm the judge, and I'm the bailiff. And uh, on, show, on the stage, you get to do it with lighting. But on, in the podcast, I, had to, I was like I was talking in the box, so I had to add courtroom murmurs and all that, kind of, like an episode of Law and Order kind of thing. And right. I just want to say to all you creative people who think you can't do it, forget that it's you're lost or whatever, but if you get a roadblock, I love my podcast. I listen to it when I'm down. You know, it gives me chills to listen to it now, not because I think I'm so great, but because it touches me and expresses something in me. They go, yes, I know how to express that. And I want to give those people out there listening hope for that. Well, also, you did it partly to heal yourself, right? So to remind yourself of that you didn't stay in one place, you kept moving. That's a really important reminder, don't you think? Oh, my God. Thank you for that gift. Thank you for that gift right now. You really are good at this. Yes, thank you for that gift. I, 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 I didn't even say it now, but yes, it healed me. It he- oh, healed like I'm completely healed, but you know what I mean. It, it, it I, I do. Me. Uh, you, uh, if we're moving forward, we're healing, right? I mean, Right, yeah, 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 sure. I don't. I don't anticipate being done with growth until maybe even maybe even I'll keep growing after I die. But I know for you sure until know. I you die. Know. There's no guarantee. <laughs> There's no guarantee at the end. But you know, for instance, you didn't stay in that in that deep place of recrimination. Maybe you have moments still, but they're they're more. Uh, maybe looking back in memory than being submerged. That's the yeah, impression you give. In it, as it would say, yeah, I'm not right, right, it, 100%. exactly, exactly. Yeah, and I just, I just, you know, I, I'm so grateful to my art, and just speaking to what you just said, because um, 
my it's like my songs or my art wouldn't let me live like that. They wouldn't let mm. me. The, the, the show and and the show or the podcast won't let other people live like that because my mom and my dad, you know, they want me to listen. And 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 your mom and your dad want you to listen to this kind to my show or or Cheryl's Cheryl's um, broadcast or whatever it is. Read Cheryl's books or, or whatever they are. The people you. But it's like the best of us gets reinforced by by me writing it by you listening to it whoever you are out there it it, it we can it's it's um it's it's, it's yes. a help it's just such a help and and even if it never gets heard or seen or felt by anyone other than the person that creative endeavor is still very worthwhile you bet you bet if i had to choose one person to heal i'd choose me <laughs> For sure. And then, right. you know, because because I watch people grow and change every day in my sure. work, yeah, it always goes somewhere, right? If you had never made the podcast, if you'd never performed the show, you would have been different and your influence in the world would be different for, for having done yeah. that, don't you believe? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I'm, I'm absolutely, I mean, what do they say? You shed your, the cells renew every I don't know what is it nine years seven nine years yeah whatever yeah. it is we are new I do feel new I feel I and I'll say this other thing that I want to say for for me and for anyone it might touch my relationship with my mother now mothers and daughters right so uh, my relationship I know from personal my, experience in both directions <laughs> right so my my absolutely for the good and the bad my mother I, I mean I doing the show. I realized some things that I didn't realize until she was gone. Mm. My relationship, uh, my relationship is deeper and better. It's the the work is subtle because it's only within me. But my relationship is, with her is deeper and better, be, and it, that happened after she died. I mean, the last the last eight days of her life, I was with her, um, but but after she died, because. Uh, that's that's really worse. I no, I I I believe I know what you're talking about because mm. um I I've experienced much the same thing with my own mm. mother. Um mm. she she died in 2014. And uh, I would say that mm. she's a whole person to me now. Yeah. In a way that I knew well, I knew all the facts. You mean you know, I knew what a mom anymore? <laughs> He's not just a mom, and and it's not just about the ways we tussled, and the, you know all of the uh, dynamic of that relationship. Um, and you know, I knew things like she had fought to be accepted as a woman in a man's world. She had, you know, all these things she had done. You know, gone to college when her her father was totally against it. You know, all she'd done a lot. She'd had to fight in her life, right? Right, but. Right. And I knew all those facts, but there's something since she died, I don't have to push up against her anymore. I can just see her. Yep. Yep. Does yep. that resonate with what you're talking oh, about? Oh my God. I have a scene in the podcast, which is called, uh, the scene is called 516. And, um, and it's a scene where, um, of course now in, it's a one woman show, which we haven't said, I'm the, I'm, I'm doing all the voices, my dad, my mom, my me, me, Lillian. Uh, so there's the four of us in it. And, um, 
and in in this in this scene I, the, with my mom, with me playing my mom, it, and this is true. Everything in the podcast is true. Everything, everything. And so I was thinking, what am I going to do with my mom? And I I realized that there's a scene where um, that the mom talks to Gina, talks to me, and she says, "Did I never tell you?" She says, "516." And the my, the daughter says, what? 516. This is the number of times in your life I have said to take the Kleenex out of your pockets before putting things in the wash. And and it's this great moment on, on stage where I'm, I'm and the mother, I'm pulling Kleenexes out of my own pants that I'm wearing. And then, you know, and, 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 and just like this frustration that, that, that picking apart the tiny, itty-bitty, floating pieces of that stick to everything. And, and who hasn't put a Kleenex in and it left Kleenex in a pair of pants, you know, sometime. And people so who, people who've going, encountered them in the laundry have a better yeah, than exactly. average chance of not doing it every time. Right, right. <laughs> and so yeah, and so in the in the in the in the in the, in the, in the on the stage show we had I picked up all the Kleenex I'm I'm half frothing at the mouth as the mom with the frustration of this in a in a comedic way. And then she looks down, the mom looks down and sees that she's made a mess and she's no, I do everything to make sure you're the best daughter you can be and she gathers up all the Kleenex and she goes upstage and she tosses them down so it's a mess up there and it got a laugh every night. I'm like, how do I translate that visual joke into a podcast? Well what I did was I gave her a a vacuum cleaner. So suddenly, and the mother's vacuum cleaner. Oh, my foot! You know, and so it's it's just that whole real thing. It's the real being able to look at. Thing. Yeah, let's. I want to talk more about that when we get back from the break. But it's something about sure. being able to look at the the complete story, um, mm-hmm. which of course before your parent died, it wasn't a complete story. That's a nope. big part of the story. Yep. Listeners, you can go to my website, weatheringrief.com or the Good Grief Host page to find me in every possible way. And to find Gina Harris, go to Gina, G-I-N-A, Harris.com. Back soon. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. This is Good Grief Host Cheryl Jones. Whether you're in grief, crisis, deep loss, or transition, working with the right therapist can move you forward like nothing else. That's why I'm happy to be sponsoring BetterHelp. Their user-friendly platform connects you with a therapist uniquely suited to support you. If you want to know more, follow the link on my host page or go to betterhelp.com goodgrief. That's betterhelp.com goodgrief and receive a 10% discount for the first month. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. 
Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins looks at how natural healing and biological dentistry can safely and effectively treat most health problems. You'll hear about the innovations in both traditional and alternative medicine therapies with doctors and dentists, along with discussions with chiropractors, medical experts, homeopaths, naturopaths, and energetic healers. It's great to have all the best information in one place. And Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins brings it all together. Listen Thursdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back. I'm Cheryl Jones, and I've been talking with Gina Harris about the music and podcast she created to honor her grief after the deaths of her parents and uh, mentor. And before the break, we were talking about mother-daughter relationships. Of course, that could be many, many hours oh, worth. <laughs> and, you know, I have three daughters, so that's what I oh, meant by both God. ways, you too. Come and go, girl. <laughs> anyway, I get, you know, it's, it's, it's good to have both those perspectives in a way. Um, for me, anyhow. Um, oh, sure. Because I because I know that mothers can't be fully understood by daughters, yeah. right? Yeah. It it it's not really possible. I mean, I'm sure I still don't fully understand my mother, but I feel I understand her better now than than when she was alive. And Absolutely. I think that's Me what too. I'm on that what ship, you were. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So how did that? I have a feeling that's connected with then a more prominent awareness of who that person was, but also the things they did that were lovely and beautiful. And since your, your podcast is, is called the magic of ordinary things, does that apply to you and your mom as well? Of course, of course. I mean, there's this little window that, I mean, my, my mother was not one of these, Gina, come to my breast and love me. You know, she's one of the one of those. I love you, you know, one of those. She was Italian, but she wasn't one of those pasta and her, you know, big breast kind of. She wasn't that kind of. She's much more reserved. So it wasn't like I got a big thank you for coming, right? But, and I didn't realize this till after, till I was writing the show, and we needed a moment. And I'm like, I always mind the truth for all my stuff. I, of course, I believe every everything a writer reads has some sort of autobiographical something in it, but that's another topic. But anyway, so we're looking for a moment in the show, and I realized that mom, whom I always thought was, oh, mom, you don't kind of never hug me, never touch me, you know, that kind of stamping my foot kind of loving daughter, in quotation marks. And I realized that when I would show up to take care, not take care of, but be there, help her take care of dad, really, when we showered him, I mean, it was a real lot to do. Um, but showing up, she was always there's a there was a um, a, um, a window, a little wood cascaded window, just a little old fashioned old fashioned house, Tudor house, 
And on the stairway at the landing, there was this window. That was, so it was a window on its own level because it was kind of midway uh-huh. through first and second. Kind she of the, always, the light window on the stair on the, that lights the staircase. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And she would be there looking for me when I pulled into the driveway. Uh-huh. And she was there again as I pulled away. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get that. That didn't float up to me until we were in the show. We had to do a, we had to have a moment. And I went, how about this? And he's like, oh my God, that's a great moment. My director, yeah. Yeah, so that's it. I didn't even know that moment. I didn't even know that moment, much less than what And yet it was, and, and yet it was in there all along. Right, in the, mm-hmm, yep, in the back mm-hmm. of my heart, in the back of my brain, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right, you're making me think of, of moments myself, you know. Right. <laughs> For sure, yeah. because, because it is. Everyone listening to this has moments. You guys all have moments. Everybody's got Tell moments. Even if you think you don't have any. And I, I have to say a word that some, some people, relationships are so tortured that. Yeah that you really need to not be thinking of the moments. I, I want to acknowledge right. well, that. Yes, I, I think our yeah. I think it sounds as if our mothers were good mothers with things that were not so great, right? Regular yeah, mothers, well, I guess we can me, say. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't give me, at least I'm not going to speak for you, I didn't get perfect mothering from my mother, and guess what she didn't get? Perfect mother. From perfect her mothering, mother. yeah, right? What did her mother get? Her mother didn't. I mean, it goes back, and I don't mean to denigrate anyone who's had really abusive, because there are real abuses. That's that's terms. why I had to I, had I just, to say no, that because that's to, a sorry, whole if different. You're out there, I apologize. I didn't mean to to uh, do a. Oh broad, no, I'm sure you didn't. But yeah. I I I try to acknowledge that despite you know we're all damaged by our parents in one way or another. But some damages yeah. are harder to to yeah, heal from than others. Of so course, I just I just course. like to acknowledge that. No, I think that's so well done. I'd, I'd love to um, share one more clip um, mm-hmm. that that does speak to these ordinary types of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you want to sure. say anything in advance, or should we just run it out? Um. Yeah. It's just you know I, I want to say again how I thought. I looked in the mirror, if I can be right there with you, I'm going to be right, I'm going to, I'm going to take a chance here. They carried, my mother died at home, and they both had died in this, I'm going to tell you two stories. One is they, they, they carried my mother's body out, and I had been with her. I looked in the mirror, and I said, okay, it's over. Nothing in your life matters anymore. Your job died, your parents died, they were my closest. You know, I know I had Lillian, but in that moment... Nothing, okay? Nothing. I thought I was over. And then when I went back to the family home, because I had to, we had to sell it because no one was going to go back to Sacramento and live there. I mean, I wasn't. Um, Although I miss it. Anyway, um, I went in and I was so scared because I thought I would be haunted by them. And I opened the door to their bedroom and I was so scared. I was like, it was at night, you know. So was, I got there, like probably. Just to help yourself out, you went at night, huh, Gina? Yeah, right. Just thought that'd be a good thing to do. I had to go after work. <laughs> anyway, yeah, right. Just in case, why not? And so I opened the door, and what I heard, and I swear to you, on the stack of Bibles, I heard this. Of course, this is your home. And I was never scared again. So 
It doesn't end. Even at your bleakest, at least for me, it, things changed. And that's all I'll say about this next clip. Where do I belong? Where is my home? Right here. The past joins the present You taught me it can And so I will feel the touch Of your hand The magic Of ordinary You know, what that makes me think about is the um, something I learned from one of my teachers. Um, I'm, I'm not terribly scientific in inclination, but certain, certain science, especially biology, is interesting to me, um, the way the body and the mind work. And um, he used to talk about how we have a, a kind of gross motor system, and then we have a sympathetic nervous system. And if we experience something in our sympathetic nervous system, if we experience it with our senses, it's a, it is an actual experience as it's, um, uh, it happened, right? So these memories that we inhabit, like you did in that piece, um, they're new experiences as well as memories. Like you, it sounds as if you could actually feel that touch inside of yourself. I felt it as I listened to it right now. And that's so precious, isn't it? Because then it's, it's present day. It's not, um, I think sometimes memories that aren't re-experienced are, are sad, you know, <laughs> instead of, right. instead of warming. Right. Yeah. I'm so with or, you on that. So maybe it's both, huh? Yeah, I think it's, well, it, it's just... Go it's, ahead. In the moments, I just want to say, I mean, I got to tell you, I mean, it sounds like, oh, she put it together, she wrote this great... But yeah, I, I thought, I honestly, I had, I, I can't tell you how lost, how dark, how alone, how nothing I felt, you know? And, and, and I'm not special, and I'm not especially smart, and I'm not especially interesting. It's just that I spent the time, and I trusted, and I had people like you, Cheryl, who could help me be kind. And just the kindness alone of myself to myself and those around me, that's the magic. That's the magic. And I could remember the kindness of my parents, the gentleness. And maybe it feels to me like when there's uh, when we're at the beginning of a of a loss when it's just happened uh it's it's so much about the absence of whatever the person the thing you know over time though that isn't all there is it it, it becomes also a matter of presence doesn't it that's that clip speaks to what's present with you still Oh, you bet. Um, the cup fills. It feels. It seems like it's empty, but it fills. 
It feels out of, out of I don't know what, nothing or something, I don't know, something ephemeral. It feels again. It's, it, it feels, it gives me chills to hear that because I, I can picture my mother. I, I have, a, you know, different images that come all at once. My mother in the dream, my mother as she was, my mother at the end, my mother. I, I, I just, and, and like you said, I'm not just a daughter anymore. I'm someone who's witnessing her as a full person as, or as best I can. There's also uh, a memory came up up to my mind. I did all this stuff to prepare for when my youngest child uh, left for college. And um, there, my children are very far apart in age. So I parented for a really long time. (laughs) The the oldest is 41. The youngest is is 28. Okay. Holy (laughs) heck. Yeah. So. When the you when were, the young... you were having juice cut juice boxes for a long time, <laughs> <laughs> a long 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 time. Yes, thank goodness I like being a parent. But yeah, um, right. so you know, I I joined a choir before she left. I started right. You know, I did all these things because like I was going to have a life when she left. Right, I didn't want to mm-hmm. be, you know, nothing. You were preparing like a uh, I was preparing okay. all that you know, like I know to do. So we dropped her off. I came home. The next day I was horribly sad. And all I could think was my life is over. Yeah, right. (laughs) That's all I could think. And then I realized that the next day I realized, well, that's true. The life I've lived for a really long time is over. And then but someone would say, well, the there's butterfly gonna be- cries because its life as a caterpillar is over. It just know. doesn't know it's a butterfly yet or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I know, I know enough to have mm-hmm. known at that moment, you're telling the truth. And, yeah. you know, let's see what happens next, right? You are a friend of, your, <laughs> you are a friend of yourself, yeah. Well, to a new self. I mean, yeah, we keep right? changing, don't we? We Absolutely. keep changing. Um, it's just, how much do we accept that? That's that's the only question. And, and I also want to say to the people out there who might be creative or want to be creative, going back, I have a scene where I'm I am out. Every like I said, everything in the in the dream is true, and it won't, I mean, the show is true, um, the dream too. But um, I put my as I put myself on trial. Uh, one of the evidence. You know what? You know to- what though, Gina. Oh, we have, we have like 30 seconds left. Uh, so I'm going to leave, leave people wondering leave about the, that. Leave, leave the <laughs> Thanks for being the with me today. It, it's Next, doable, guys. It's all doable. It's all doable. <laughs> That's the bottom line. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Oh, Next week I'll have... Next week, I'll have Kelly Skloda, author of A Way Back to Health, 12 Lessons from a Cancer Survivor. This has been Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. I look forward to being with you again next week for another meaningful conversation. Thank you so much for joining us for Good Grief. Please come back next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Cheryl Jones, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a meaningful week. Abre mi corazón.